People assume that dragons live in dirty old caves, but this is not the case. Arthur had no time for caves. Arthur preferred neat bungalows, properly made-up beds with envelope corners, an orderly kitchen, a table laid with a white cloth and crisp napkins. That's what he liked. Arthur himself is not that interesting to look at. He's purplish in colour, with a short green scaly tail, neatly clipped claws, and a set of smallish wings. He has glasses for reading, and wears a woolly scarf on cold evenings. Just your average dragon. The piano, however, is something else. It is Arthur's pride and joy. So let's pause a moment to examine it. The original instrument had been acquired some years ago from a rubbish dump. The witch who owned the dump, Sludgegooey's friend, actually the one with the hamster, was fiercely protective of her junk and none too pleased when people helped themselves. She'd sent the hamster round to demand payment. Arthur had had to cough up a fiver, which was far too much, considering the state the piano was in. It was scratched, missing a leg, no pedals, no lid, hopelessly out of tune, half the keys sticking. So Arthur had gone to the library and taken out a book called Make Your Own Piano. Sadly, when he arrived home, he realised it was a book about origami. So he'd returned it to the library, who made a fuss, and claimed that he'd scorched one of the pages. Arthur denied this, although actually he had accidentally dropped a couple of sparks on it. Sparking up is a dragon hazard. It can happen at any time. Sneezing can bring it on, hiccups, excitement, or just annoyance at getting out a really useless library book. Arthur and the librarian had an argument that became quite loud. Readers had looked up from their books and muttered, Shh! and pointed crossly to the silent sign. The whole unpleasant incident ended with Arthur stumping up yet more money to pay for the damage and marching home, where he set about building a piano from scratch, using only his own brain. He'd hauled the wrecked piano into the shed. He took out the innards and combined them in interesting new ways, using wire and glue and a lot of string. It was fiddly work, but Arthur was patient. He'd gathered up the dismembered piano carcass and glued it back together. He made a new lid for the keyboard. He fashioned a cunning new pair of foot pedals from an old frying pan. He made a little shelf to hold the music. He hung a bucket of water from a hook on the side in case of fire. He made a cart with stout wheels and a cunning little fold-up ramp in order to make the piano easily transportable. He made a stool with a hinged lid to keep the music in. It took weeks. Finally, when it was all finished, he called his mother out to the shed to have a look. She thought it was wonderful. So, that's Arthur's piano. Be impressed. Knowing that practice makes perfect, Arthur dutifully ran through his scales every single day. Only when he'd done each one fast, slow, loud, soft and backwards, did he finally allow himself to have fun. That meant flexing his claws, plonking his foot on the loud pedal and bursting into something loud, fast and crashy 
with a stunking boogie left hand. This particular evening, he was just finishing the hardest scale, the one with all the black notes, when there came a rap at the door. Arthur, can you hear me, lovey? Yeah, I can hear you. What is it, ma'am? It's gone six, you know. Oh my, already? I must have got a bit carried away there. I've made some lovely chilli soup. It's just reached boiling point. Thanks, ma'am, shouted Arthur. What about pudding? Would you like some mustard crumble? No time. I've got extra rehearsal tonight, remember? Oh, so you have. Just the soup, then?